0: For a radio. What community sounds like Stay open Welcome to episode 43 of Tap the Craft. My name is Denny Luce, and along with me is my buddy John Ream. We are going to guide you on your craft beer journey by passing on our knowledge and our experience to you, listener. We are recording this episode on Saturday, March 12, 2016. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing our recent beer experiences while traveling. Myself to Israel we will hear about John's Washington State Travels. Also, we have a listener question. And we have our listener participation tasting notes segment with the Big Sky Moose Drool Brown Ale. So if you don't have your Moose Drool, go out and get it right now uh, while you're listening. Because we'll be hitting that up in about probably 30 minutes. And, of course, you'll have John and Mike's normal beer banter. But before we get on to all that great beer news, uh John, you know what? It has been four weeks to the day that you and I have talked... Uh even though the listener thinks it's only been two weeks, but John, how have you been in the last four weeks? I feel like so much has
1: happened, you know, and <laughs> we there's so much to get caught up on.
0: everybody just seems to buckle up
1: Mhm I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be
0: good okay so so the kids are healthy, you're healthy, the wife is healthy,
1: yeah, I have nothing to complain about right now, so right. I'm kind of boring at the intro you know i, I
0: this is usually my t- my time to whine. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hey, uh, I know that you're not um, 100% complete because since the last time you recorded, you now have something missing out of your body. You want to talk about that or, or are you just going to leave me in the in the dark?
1: Yeah, I, I lost my appendix. <laughs> I don't know where it went. There's one day it, was, it just fell out or something.
0: It just fell um, out?
1: Yeah. Too much beer drinking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it stopped me from drinking beer for a while because I was on, you know, narcotics for pain and stuff. So uh, I wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, just over a couple of days, I had a lot of pain, went in hoping it wasn't what it turned out to be. And then, then it turned out to be exactly what nobody wanted it to be. So oh. um, yeah, ended up staying at the hospital overnight because I didn't end up having surgery till like nine o'clock. The next day. Um no, at night. Oh okay. <laughs> so um but yeah. I'm 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 nursed back to health now, so I'm back on the wagon.
0: Well, you're only not drinking for like a week, right? I mean that's all it took for you to get back on the on the wagon and, and drink up. Yeah, yeah, about that. Um
1: really only like five days. Um they don't send you home with too much of their narcotics. <laughs> they don't want you on it very long. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the that was the only restriction which I actually asked them about at the hospital. I was like, I know this is a red flag, but am <laughs> I going to drink? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's because I was going on a, a trip uh, like a week later or a week and a half later, uh, which I'll talk about in a little bit. So Okay. Um, but yeah, I was like, I know this sounds really bad, but uh, there's a reason why I'm asking <laughs> this <Yeah>. question.
0: <laughs> and, and it's not just so I can catch up to my buddy Denny. On, uh, yeah <laughs> although that, that's what put it over they're like oh yeah that's fine go ahead
1: we know that's important now so uh,
0: okay all right well you know what i'm glad that you're now healthy i'm glad you're back drinking all this fantastic craft beer and you're going to be able to rejuvenate your body even faster now that you got you know all that good malted barley and and hops and and uh you know Alcohol in your system again. That's good. You're going to be right back doing well. Exactly. All right. Well, you know what? Since we uh, are talking about beer and we're going to be talking about beer this show, I'm sure you probably have a beer in your hand right now that's helping you nurse your way along this uh, this show. So what are you drinking right now? So I decided to
1: uh, just have a brown ale night. Um, Okay. So I am drinking the No Lie Crony. Uh, which they say on the bottle is a Northwest brown ale. So I was not sure if it was going to be uh, hoppy or, you know, um, but I'm not really getting a lot of hops, uh, which is making me wonder if this is a little old because it does say on the bottle that it's highlighting the unique, uh, you know, character of Simcoe, uh, which I'm not really getting. Um, but it, without that, it's still a pretty nice brown ale. Okay. Um so it's a nice multi notes, uh, little you know toffee, bready, you know. So it's it's very pleasant still. But I'm gonna see if I can get this one fresh, um, and it might might help out. Plus, I got a new cap for my beer beer yes. map. Yes, so all right. I've, I've been <laughs> uh,
0: targeting those at the at the shop. <laughs> good, good. You need to fill up that Washington craft beer map with uh, with caps uh i i actually haven't had i I love no lie i think they're a fantastic brewery i i get i try everything that comes into the boise area but this beer has not yet made it to my area and now i need to make sure that when it does come that it is fresh i don't want to i want to make sure i have a fresh batch
1: yeah i don't know how you'll know that it doesn't say anything on the bottle okay okay unless they have like their six packs marked or
0: something well, they so. they normally only bring them in—they uh, have a couple 12-ounce six-packs, but most of the time it's 22-ounce Bombers that come in. Okay. So.
1: That's what I normally see of theirs, so, but I got a 12 this time. Okay. So how about you? What do you have in your glass tonight?
0: Well, you know, we are doing the Big Sky Brewing out of Missoula, Montana's uh, Moose Drool for our tasting, and instead of buying a six-pack of the beer— I decided to buy the variety pack. I get three moose rules plus I get what, whatever. What is that? Nine more beers from the from some other <laughs> variety. And math is hard. It is it is hard right now <laughs> because uh, I've I've partook in a few beers today and my brain isn't working as well as it has in the past. But I am drinking the Trout Slayer Wheat Ale. Um I thought I'd go with something a little bit more mild be- so I wouldn't wreck my palate for our tasting later on. And uh, it's decent. It's, I've had this before and uh, it's a it's not a it's it's a filtered wheat beer. It's got a little bit of a weediness to it. It's, it's light, uh, refreshing. I think it's about 5% ABV so it's not heavy in the alcohol. It's uh, uh it's decent. I'm enjoying it. Have you had this uh, Trout Slayer Wheat Ale in the past, John? Uh I think so. I was just well, I haven't
1: logged it on Tap, but I think I had it in the time before untapped, but mm-hmm. it, that's a long time ago.
0: Yeah, so. it, yeah it's, it's got a, a really nice, lightly malted wheat flavor in there. I don't know. It's, it's pretty good. I like it. And it's, it's mellow. I need something mellow right now before we bounce into that brown ale. Yeah, I know we get that one here,
1: so I may have to pick some up and uh, reintroduce myself, especially since now I can log it, you know.
0: Yeah, another, it's yeah. A unique. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta get those distinct, those distinct, uh, numbers up. That's right. I know we're gonna be talking about your, uh, Washington beer journey, but it's, you know, besides what you're gonna talk about later on, have there been any other noteworthy beers that you wanna talk about to our listeners and, and to me that you've had since our, our last meeting four weeks ago? Uh, yeah, so I'll start with one I had earlier today.
1: And that was the Firestone Walker Luponic Distortion number wow. 1.
0: I haven't even heard of that. Uh,
1: I think it hit the shelves uh, either right before you left for Israel or maybe when you are in Israel, okay. uh, at least here. So it might still be on its way to your neck of the woods. Okay. Like it seems like you get stuff a little later yeah. from Firestone. Yeah, um, But uh, to build as an IPA and you know, as I'm drinking it, you know, it, it didn't seem that big. Uh, it seemed like, you know, a nice hoppy pale, uh, which, you know, I, I was really enjoying the beer and I went and looked back at the bottle and it was 5.9%, mm-hmm. which these days is low, not IPA yeah, territory. Yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> solidly pale ale, um, range. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed this beer. You know, the, the hops were really nice in the aroma and, uh, after it warmed up, the the flavor uh, really uh, shone through. Um, but uh, definitely recommend this if you can find it. I don't know how long this will be around since it seems they're doing some kind of series mm-hmm. um, or setting up for some kind of series. So uh, grab it if you see it because it might not uh, be around that long. Okay.
0: Well, I um, notice I notice the number is number zero zero one. Does that mean does that reference that they're going to have over a hundred? Of these uh, types of beers coming out, where I mean that's that that's big, that that's pretty big if they're going to have if they're planning on making these numbers big. Uh, shoot for the stars, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah I don't know the plans, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'd be interested to see how this has, this goes because I enjoyed the first one. Okay, so, so the next one I'll talk about uh, it's Triple IPA season because all the breweries are getting in their big pouts of the hops that were just harvested Mm -hmm. and processed and everything else. Um, And one that I look forward to every year is from uh, Ruben's Brews. It's Blimey That's Bitter. It's just a great triple IPA, in-your-face, big bitterness. Um, I actually have a second triple IPA that they did this year uh, sitting in my fridge um, that I need to get to. I think I'll do that tomorrow. Um, But I think that one they did for – there's a triple – IPA Roadshow that goes on uh, now in Washington um, for the past two or three years, and um, a whole bunch of breweries brew triple IPAs, in, uh, and then they're featured around the city at a bunch of bars and, and stuff. So, looking forward to that one as well because they do a great job with the uh, the blimey, that's bitter. Mm-hmm. So, okay. unfortunately, this doesn't help anybody that's not in the Seattle area. But uh, well, come visit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I need I need to go to Rubens next time I come. To visit you. Yes. We
1: we need to make that happen. <laughs> so, All right. So this last one I'm going to talk about in conjunction with part of my travels. Um, so I'm not going to focus too much on this one because it was for the first ever Pacific Northwest homebrew conference mm. uh, that I went to. And that was in Vancouver, Washington, just across the river from Portland. Okay. And uh, I had this beer on a night of... Uh, like 15 beers. Um, oh, wow. They had a pro, pro brewer's night uh, that I went to, and all the they just brought in a bunch of professional breweries, and they were all pouring, you know, whatever. And so uh, this is from Heathen Brewing, uh, which is in Vancouver, Washington, uh, and it was a Mojito Sour Ale, mm. uh, which everyone was skeptical about until they started drinking it. And this thing was so refreshing and so nice. Um, the mint was just the right amount. Uh, There's nice lime going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not overly acidic. Uh, just, I mean, I could have just sat and drank that on a hot day forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing was so tasty. Um, and you know. Mint is something that's really easy to put people off really mm-hmm. fast, um, and a lot of people have aversions to it um, because of that, but th- they just nailed this beer. Um, and I, I don't know that this is available anywhere but on draft somewhere around Vancouver, um, but I just want to give them some props for, for this because um, it was uh, tremendous. So
0: ah, it, soo- uh, it, soo- it sounds great. And in fact, I when I first read the name of it, I was thinking it didn't sound too far off to me because for one thing, the lime can give you a little tartness and the sourness, and then the, the mint you know, can give you that refreshing you know, mint flavor as long as it's not too much. So I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good you know mix for a beer for me. So yeah, I need to I need to search that out if I'm ever in that Vancouver area and I can get that in on tap. Uh is it you, you think it's something that's available most of the time from the brewery or is it a special release thing? I don't know.
1: They, they just had a random person pouring. Uh, okay. I think so. They didn't okay. have the, the details. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, that would, that one definitely stood out for me, uh, that night. And it was awesome that it was, you know, from a local place, Yeah. Uh, you know, where we were. So, okay. um, but, uh, yeah, so how about you? I, I know you had a lot of stuff on your travels. Do you have anything else you want to share before we get into all that later?
0: I, I do. I have a few beers I drank since I returned to America, and I'll talk about those. The first one is a, It's a Washington brewery. You know, Washington has great beer, and I really enjoy beer from this brewery. Iron Horse Brewing out of Ellensburg, Washington. Uh, I visited a brewery on uh, one of my trips to see you John before we 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 showed up we we stopped and drank beer and then we came in to to see you uh, a couple years ago and this is the Iron Horse the Double Rainbow L, and they call it a, a it's a red it's a it's a blend of a red ale and an IPA so is it so my thought is is it a red IPA and the reason I question that is because I've been seeing so many different variations of the ipa you know red ipa blonde ipa uh you know we have the black ipa you have all these different descriptors to describe an ipa and this is a red ipa and the coloring on this beer was fantastic like a deep um you know like a deep red or mahogany coloring uh it had some little bit of malt in the front with a nice ipa type finish so uh, it seemed to be like a perfect, you know, blend of a red IPA. And John, I know you've had this beer too. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I I fell in love with this beer the, with the first sip, and I I enjoyed it all the way through. What was your thoughts on this beer when you when you tried? Do you remember trying this beer? Yeah, so I had this uh, this time last year, um, and
1: I enjoyed it as well. Uh, I think I I gave it like a three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I it wasn't. You know, something I need to go grab every year, but I, I would not be opposed to picking it up. So, um, yeah, that's fine. I I don't remember the specifics of it, but I know I, I was pleased with it. So,
0: yeah, this, this is an IPA that, um, that I could put in my regular rotation of IPAs that I really, I really enjoyed. So if you are lucky enough to have Iron Horse distribute to your area, which, I'm guessing if you're not in the Idaho or Washington area, you, or maybe Oregon area, uh, I don't know how far they go outside of the, the Pacific Northwest, but uh, it's a great beer. Go, go, go try to find it if you can. I, I really enjoyed it, so I wanted to give props to, to another Washington brewery that does a good beer. Uh, the other one is an, is an Oregon brewery, which, uh, John, I know you enjoy and I enjoy, and then Kossy Brewing out of Eugene, Oregon. They just released a beer called the Hopter double IPA. And, uh, wow. I don't know. This beer just like jumped out at me and had great, um, flavors. And, I mean, hop was like in your face. It's you, right from the very beginning. You smell the hops, you taste the hops, and it's a, it's a hop monster. Uh, I really enjoyed it. John, have, have you had the Hopter yet? I have not had this one. I've, I've had the,
1: Cricera hops. Yeah, tricer- and I want to know if they just have a guy that works on dinosaur
0: puns, yeah,
1: um, all the time.
0: Oh, the uh, label is I, awesome. I like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the la- The label is awesome. Um, the beer is awesome. I, uh, I don't know. It's like I said. As soon as I popped the top off of this bottle, twenty two ounce bottle, and I started pouring it from the beginning of the smell of the hops coming out of that glass, I was in love with it. So. Um, yeah, if you can find us in your area, I know Nicasi distributes to a lot of areas on you know a lot of a lot of states on the the West Coast. Hey, go go out and try it if you like IPAs. I, th- I think it's a good one. So I want to give my two thumbs up to the Velasa Hopta Double IPA. And one last honorable mention, you know, last episode or the episode before last, I don't remember. John mentioned the Ten Barrel Riding Solo pale L. and uh, i actually had this the day after i returned home and uh it is fantastic now they call it a pale L, but in my books this is an ipa i don't understand why the hell it's called a pale L because there's so much hop in this beer that uh it's it i don't know how they can describe it as a as an ip as a pale L and it's like six and a half percent alcohol so come on yeah the
1: alcohol is big on that too yeah um yeah i think i had the same thoughts when i was doing it so yeah so tonight you bring a, an, a pale ale that's really an ipa and i had an ipa that's really a pale ale so <laughs> you know, all these lines are getting blurred yeah
0: it, it is and it makes me sad and I, and that's one of the things i'm going to talk about when i talk about the beers that i had in, in israel is that i can i can really appreciate when breweries Stand with the, the style guidelines and kind of make, you know, make a pale ale in a, in a more pale, you know, side of things where it's not a high ABV beer. It's, you know, it's, it's got the hop presence, but it's not overly hop like an IPA and the, IP, in the AB, in the alcohol level is at a reasonable amount. You know, it's okay to have a pale at 5%. That's where pills are supposed to be at. You don't need to have a pale at six and a half or 7%. To me, that's no longer a pell. You just reached into the IPA range and you made an IPA. So, yeah, I, I, it's a great beer. I don't like the way that they they labeled it. I I think they really should call it what it is. It's an IPA, um, and I, I'm getting tired of breweries trying to you know trying to you know play games with their with their naming. Just if it's an IPA, it's an IPA. Call it what it is. All right. Well, hey, now that I'm off my soapbox, let's get into some listener questions. We had one from our buddy Robert at TPS Sponge. And, you know, we've already been talking a little bit about this in the show so far, but we'll go ahead and go a little deeper. He says, I am beginning to think that red ales are my favorite beer style. He asked us, what are our favorite styles, and would, could we recommend four great reds? for him to try that, you know, ones that maybe he hasn't tried already. So, um, John, what is your favorite style of beer? Uh, I have to go with the pale ale. Um,
1: mostly because I like something that I can drink all day and I like hops. And then in a pale pale ale, I can get my hops, you know, without just being blasted immediately. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I like, you know, being able to have a few and not have to worry about it. So, yeah. uh, yeah, pale ale would be mine. Um, how about you?
0: Well, and if you would have asked me this question back in 1996, I would agree with you. Pale ale was the style that I love back then. Then of course it moved up to IPAs when IPAs became a thing, but you know what, right now, um, and as we've discussed on the show, my beer journey has grown so so well that I love all styles of beer. But right now the style of beer that I think I get the most enjoyment out of uh, drinking you know uh, when I drink them are definitely stouts. I love the dark roasted malt. I love imperial Russian Imperial stouts. I love things that have that big roasty, malt flavor, and uh, those just give me the most satisfaction. So I think my favorite style right now, in my beer journey at this time, in 2016, is the stout, the porter and the stout. Um, Mostly the stout, because I like the bigger roasted malt characteristics myself.
1: So you're going to take a a catch-all category that has, like, four different kinds of beer in it.
0: No, no, it's stout. It's pretty (laughs) much stout. I mean, but but... I'm saying that if it is a bigger stout, I'm okay. Now, I will say this: I I am not enjoying. I'm I am over the bourbon barrel stout. I I, I can I don't want to drink another bourbon barrel stout for a, the rest of the year. And I think I'm going to make a my my 2016 resolution starting in March of 2016 is I don't want to drink another bourbon barrel stout for the rest of the year. I'm done with it. I'm tired of that. So. It's not all stouts. It's it's pretty
1: much the. I think style. it'll be okay there because we just came out of that season, so that's probably why you're kind of over it. Over it. Okay. We just had a ton of them released, you know. Okay. Over the, you know, start of winter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So John, um, the second part of the question is, he's asking us to give him some uh, red ale. Um, suggestions? Some of our favorites. You have a couple favorites that you want to to throw out to Robert. Uh, yeah. I and you know, Red
1: Ale is something that has kind of evolved over the last year or two. Um, and I think partly it was sort of forgotten. You know, it was kind of a weird stepsister of an amber. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now you know a lot of breweries are doing something they call a red, but it's you know, more like, like a red IPA uh, or something, you know, it's hopped up. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give one that's kind of a classic red. Uh, and this is my all-time, like, if you ever ask me for a red, this is what I tell you. And that's Carl Strauss Red Trolley, um, which uh, Robert will be able to get because he's in California. But everybody else um, is out of luck because they only distribute in California. Um but that beer just has absolutely everything that I want in a red ale. Uh, and i I gave it a five cap on untapped. Oh wow, um, so uh, that that beer is pretty much perfection in my book. okay. Uh, so definitely go go try that one out. And then the other one is the heretic evil twin, and this one is more in that Hoppy red category Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh not really more in it is definitely in the (laughs) hoppy uh red uh category um and you know this is what they're they're calling a west coast red ale now or west coast style red um which is just hopped up red and i haven't been disappointed with a heretic beer no this one doesn't doesn't uh you know get out of that category at all so uh heretic evil twin and uh, again uh not a huge distribution footprint, although they are expanding. I've seen they're moving in some other states, not Washington yet. But uh, yeah.
0: so, <laughs> so how did so you we'll get keep the,
1: waiting? How did you get your uh, your heretic evil twin? Uh, I think it was some kind gentleman brought it to my house. <laughs> so someone from Boise, uh, perhaps? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Details are fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, what are your reds? What What would you tell Robert? Okay, so for one, I have to piggyback on your Heretic Evil Trent Twin. Um, that is a fantastic beer. I fell in love with Heretic from that beer. That was the first Heretic beer I had, and I just loved. I loved it. And uh, it's, there's no, there's a reason why I had to bring. Their beer to you because i wanted you to experience that uh, you know that this beer is is fantastic and i'm glad that you also enjoy it so i don't want to take away from your glory i will name two others that are my all-time favorite red ales and they're both imperial red ales so they're not the typical uh regular red they're a little bit more amped up they're higher abv's or a little bit more alcohol content but the first one i want to mention my favorite brewery in idaho What is that? It's Grand Teton Brewing. Probably, it wasn't on the underrated brewery list that we listed last episode, but it should be because I don't think they get enough credit for all the great beers that they put out. Uh, It's the Grand Teton Pursuit of Hoppiness. And this is an Imperial Red that is fantastic. It's got a great malt uh, body in the front with a solid, hoppy, bitter, you know, it's a Northwest red, where it has that hoppy uh, finish, and it is fantastic. I love this beer. Uh, John, have you had a chance to, to have that beer? Did I bring you a bottle, or have you had it outside of... Uh... Uh,
1: I have had that beer, um, and I also rated it very highly, mm-hmm. um, and this was one that, that you brought me. Okay, um, good.
0: <laughs> I was
1: hoping I, I brought that to you. Yeah, because we get Grand Teton now, um, but I checked into this in uh th- well three years ago, so okay. we didn't get it then <laughs>
0: okay yeah that that is that is probably one of my fav- probably my favorite uh red ale right there i I love that beer i drink it every year every time it comes out in season I buy it and I drink it and i love it uh this the the second my second runner up is from la It's my favorite brewery and it's the lucky thirteen the mondo red ale and it's another Imperial Red that, uh, I absolutely love. And, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it doesn't come out very often. I think maybe once a year, maybe once every two years. I don't remember what the release cycle. I think it might be every odd year they release it. So it might be every two years. But, uh, another great Red L that, um, I really enjoy. And I buy a bottle every year. Every time I see it on a shelf, I buy a bottle and I really enjoy it. So, um, if you have a chance, you see Lagunitas. Lucky Thirteen, grab a bottle. Uh, it's really good. Have you have you had Lucky Thirteen, John?
1: Uh, no, I haven't had that one. Uh, so I'll need to to grab it next time it okay makes its way here.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's it, now maybe that they have the Chicago Brewery open. They may be able to brew this more often than every two years. But I know that when before the Chicago Brewery, I, it was an every two year release. So I think it was every odd year. Um, they released it in the winter time, so that's when you look for it. is is winter of an odd year, but yeah, that's that's those those are my two favorites. Now, I couldn't stop at two, we, you know. Robert asked for four. If we stop right now, we had four from John and I, you know, two from each. But I can't stop there because there's so many good reds. I have to have some honorable mentions. I have to mention La Guanita's censored. It's a it's called a copper ale, but it's a red ale. It's the first beer I ever had from Lagunitas back in 2002 and or 2003, somewhere in that range. And I f- fell in love with Lagunitas from that beer. That was my gateway into Lagunitas. So I had to do an hour mission to that beer because I really enjoyed that beer. Um, another one that is a fantastic red that I, I really enjoy but it's very difficult to get um, it's it's has limited release here in the Idaho in Idaho and maybe um, limited in Washington and, and 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 anywhere but Northern California. It's from Men- Mendoncino, Mendoncino Brewing um, out of Northern California. It's called the Redtail Red. Tail red. Um, that is a very very good red ale. Um, I I enjoy that beer. The only problem is I just don't get it enough. We don't get it. It's not widely distributed, so. It's going to be a hard one to find. But Robert, I think, you know, you being in Southern California, I think you have a pretty good opportunity to try to get that beer. And if you do, pick it up. It, it comes in both 22 ounce bottles and 12 ounce bottles. So you should be able to find it. Have you had the that beer, John, the red tail? No, I don't think that's in our area. I'm okay. not familiar with any of their beers, I don't think. Okay. They, M- Mendocino, they make some good beers. I actually uh, had them the first time when I visited the brewery back in like. I don't know. It was like 2001. I think I was, I visited a brewery. So it was a long time ago. Uh, and I, I fell in love with their beers, um, from that point on, but it's, like I said, it's, it's, they don't distribute too far away from home. So it it might be tough to get. Uh, and the last one I want to mention again, this is a Homer call. Um, Robert has had this beer. He didn't rate it as high as I thought he should have. Um, it's the, payette slaughterhouse red from my own favorite boise brewing uh brewery uh, payette brewing uh it's a great uh you know red style ale um i i love it i drink a lot of it and uh it's it's one that i think that uh now that payette you know we're they're expanding their brewery and uh it should once uh this at the end of the year when they have their brewery uh, up and running, full flow, I'm hoping they're going to be distributing out to more states. You know, they just they just jumped into to Washington, and they have Oregon, they have Idaho, and hopefully they'll get into California and maybe, you know, some surrounding states. You guys got to go try some Payette Slaughterhouse Red. Uh, I, I really enjoy that one. And you had that one too, John, right? I, I, I bought you a can of that. Uh, no, I bought that one on my own. Um, when the they sl- came to oh, Seattle, the slaughterhouse, yeah. I didn't, oh, come on. I know I brought you a slaughterhouse red. No, nah, I've only logged it once. And that was this year. So, okay. Well, in October. All right. All right. No problem. All right. Well, Hey, hopefully Robert, that answers your question. Please uh, try the beers that John and I mentioned. If you can find them in your area and let us know what you think of, of our suggestions. And you know what? Uh, all of our listeners out there, if you want to be a part of the show like Robert was, you want to provide us with questions to answer or you want to provide feedback, you can do that. You can contact the show uh, with comments or questions through email at taptocraft at gmail.com or you can ask the questions on Twitter. You know go ahead and, and follow us at tapthecraft on Twitter and and ask us the questions and we'll we'll answer those questions on the show. It's uh, very, very simple. And, of course, we also have our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tap the craft. Any of those type of social media, get your questions, comments, uh, let us know what you think. All right, well, now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment. And in this episode, we are going to talk about mine and John's recent beer journeys. Uh, Mine to the Holy Land, Israel, and John to the the Southern uh, Washington State uh, uh, lines to, uh, to try some some beers. I'm gonna go ahead and start this off and I just want to you know at the at the end of the, the last episode that you guys listened to, I mentioned that that we were recording both those shows on the same night because I was gonna be out of the country for two weeks. And during that time I was in Israel. And this is a, you know, I go to Israel twice a year, typically. And and over the last, uh, you know, six years, I've seen a huge change, uh, like a craft beer movement. They call it the boutique beer, the Israeli uh, boutique beer. And there's a movement where a lot of craft breweries are making beer and they are making very good beer. And even, you know, six years ago, there was very limited amount of beer that wasn't produced by the major israeli craft beer um, company which i don't know the name of the company right off the top of my head but it's uh, they make gold star um beer and that's what you got in most of bars you got uh gold star lager and uh, and a lot of times they'd have the the you know the the european beers that were big you know of course guinness uh, is everywhere kilkenny red uh, some from Ireland, you'll have some bass, or, you know, you'll have some kind of uh, a, a lot of English beers that would be on, or, or European beers. Well, now, uh, starting three years ago, I started seeing that a lot of craft beers from Israel were being brewed, and they started to show up in the bars, and uh, at first it was very limited. Well, now move forward three years, and now 2016, I go back and visit, and now I see that Almost every bar that I go to has at least one Israeli craft beer that they, they'll serve on tap or in bottles. And I go to, you know, Porter and Sons, which is my favorite venue to, re, to, to go to where it has a ton of stuff on tap and a lot of stuff on bottles. And they have a lot of, of, of Israeli brewed craft beer. And now there's shops that are just dedicated to showcasing the craft beer that is being produced in Israel and I am blown away. Um I really had a a, a fantastic time. You know, I I told you guys that this year was going to be I was going to reduce my beer intake. I wasn't going to drink as much. I was going to still drink um good quality craft beer, but I was going to reduce my consumption so I wasn't drinking so much. well. That went out the window for 2 weeks. Um I pretty much drank uh at least 3 to 4 Unique beers a night when I was uh, gone for two weeks uh, in Israel, and I was enjoying every beer that I had. And um, some of the the venues that I I really enjoyed. For one, I mentioned that uh, there's a uh, I started staying in Israel. I used to stay at the on the beach. Everyone wants to stay on the on the Mediterranean coastline uh, where you can enjoy the beach and stuff. Well, I was doing that for many years, but then I realized that man. You know what? The beach kind of sucks during wintertime because the wind's blowing. It's kind of cold. I don't really get any benefit from there. So I started staying more towards the city center where I could actually take the train in to work and back because um, I don't, you know, when I go there, I don't work in Tel Aviv itself. I actually work in a town outside of Tel Aviv, which is about um, 30 minutes away. So I started taking the train and uh, they opened up a, a a marketplace. They kind of took. They kind of re, uh, vigorate reinvigorated a section of town in, a, in the uh, city center area that was kind of run down, and they turned it into a more like a like a German village where they have always like uh, little um, shops that are that are um, like like small houses that have like two or three businesses in them in a, in a in a village type setting they call they call Sorona and uh it's it was in development for a couple of years and when i went there last year in in the beginning of the year it was still you know coming coming along well now a year later this place is completely filled and they opened the Sorona market which is a market that is got a lot of small shops that uh people can go and shop and get fresh foods and and they can get different uh uh, boutique items and crafted items and and stuff, and in this market there is a beer market. They opened a craft, an Israeli craft beer market that showcases all the beers and you know, a lot of the beers that are being brewed right in the in Israel. And man, they have a ton of them. And I I found myself visiting there and buying a six pack, you know, at a time of unique beers that. Uh, that I wouldn't be able to get in the bars because I'd go to the bars, I'd get just some of the bigger breweries, but I wasn't able to get some of these smaller breweries that really know how to make some good beers. Again, I mentioned in previous shows that I have a buddy, my buddy, Ariel, who was working for how beam brewing in Israel. And he his brewery was very small and they made some fantastic beers, but you know what? Those beers did not make it out to the bar scene. They, you had to get those beers in small shops like, like this. And so um, I had the opportunity to drink a lot of variety of beers, uh, all kinds of styles, all kinds of flavors. Uh, all of them were really good. And I'm going to talk about a few of my favorites here in the, when I list the ones that I gave a, a four-cap a four rating and above, which is about six beers um, that I really enjoyed. Um, some of the venues, just for you know, all of the Israeli guys uh, the, that are now listening, I I know that we gained a lot of uh, uh, followers on Facebook uh, after my visit to Israel because um, I was promoting the uh, Israeli beer, and I think a lot of the the people saw that that you know I was promoting that, so they went ahead and followed our our Facebook page, and I'm hoping that they're listening to this show right now, and they're going to hear all the the positive comments I have to say about about the Israeli beers. Um, so some of the venues that I really enjoyed, Porter and Sons is a pub um, uh, restaurant uh, right outside of that Serona area that I was talking about, right close to my uh, hotel, uh, really close walking distance. I went there at least four, I think four times at, in the two weeks I was there. They have the biggest variety of beers from all over the world, but they also have a, a very nice selection of Israeli beers. So I probably tried six to seven beers um there that i that I didn't have you know before at the other place uh that that's a great venue they have good great food uh the bartenders are very friendly uh i, I you know I really in, enjoy that also um I went to diszingngoff uh beer garden uh they didn't have as much uh selection they only had uh, a couple beers, but the service was good the food was good, and the beer was good so I wanted to shout those guys out. Also, my favorite place, as far as the best bartenders in the area, is the Sorona Beer Garden. Again, when I'm traveling, a lot of times I'm by myself. So for the first five days I was there, I was eating, you know, after work and stuff. I was eating by myself. So I'm not going to go and get a table at a at a restaurant and eat, you know, by myself. I'm going to go to the bar because at least I have an opportunity to interact with someone. And the bartenders at the Serona Beer Garden are fantastic. Every time I'd sit down, they'd ask my name. If I already had been there before, they'd remember my name from before when they were serving me. Uh, It was a very personable relation, you know, um, interactions, and I I felt like I was family when I was drinking there. And of course, I mentioned before, one of the, the things that's hard to get used to for me is that whenever you sit at the bar, you're more apt to get chasers, you know, shooters. Uh, you're sitting there drinking, you're, you're talking, and they say, hey, there's a chaser on the house. What do you want? I usually will order whatever the bartender wants because they're drinking along with me as part of their perks for bartending is that, hey, give a give a chaser to the customer and, and we'll take one too. And uh, I kid you not, I'd I'd have a meal and two or three beers and there'd be two to three chasers to go along with that that was free of charge. And I just have to raise my my uh, my glass to to those bartenders they were always uh very very accommodating and then there's a spot in the 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 area where my company is at is in Rehovot uh Israel and one of the the local hangouts that we go after work is Sheffield's and uh another great place just to hang out and drink beer so um if you if you're in the area go check out Sheffield's and and uh you know, drink some, some Israeli craft beer or some German beers or some uh, Belgian beers. They have a, a a pretty good selection of beers there. Now, So
1: now that the uh, uh, scene is kind of developed, uh-huh. as you say, uh, are you, are you kind of, you know, you have these places that you try to go to every time? Or are you still trying to seek out new spots every time you're over there? So
0: I am seeking out new spots every time I go. Um, I have my my set places where I go, but I also you know try to visit new areas too. And and uh, of course, the Serona Beer Market was brand new, so that was one of the places that I I visited uh, for the first time on this trip because it wasn't there um, in previous trips. Also, there was a the uh Beer Garden that was my first time visiting there. Um, I've been to some other restaurants and some bars. Uh, I don't remember the names of them because they were in, they were Israeli names and I didn't have a English name. So I went with friends, so um, they just said, "Hey, this is a good bar. We'd go and and try it." And I just you know went with the flow. Uh, I didn't worry about you know the names of of the bars or like kind of like hidden underground um, venues. But yeah, I I try to seek out new places every time I go. I because I want to try to get as much variety as I can, but but now that I've got that serona beer market, I now have, I'm now open up to getting whatever style of beer I I'm in the mood for, that I know that it, you know I'm not going to get at the bar. They, they're not going to serve saisons at the bar typically, or or uh, you know, um, uh, barley wines or um, old old ales. You know they're going to serve you know things that are you know wheat beers. A lot of times they may have an IPA on on tap, they'll probably have a pale ale, they may have a porter, um but they're usually going to be serving stuff that is that that's going to sell. Because even now, um a lot of times I go to a new a new bar, I sit down and I'd order up an Israeli craft beer and they said, "Whoa, they they'd question me. "Hey, you know that this is a Israeli boutique beer. It's a lot stronger than regular beer. I said, yeah, I know what it is. Just give me the damn beer. You know, I, I'm, I I, know what a Saison is. Give me a Saison. I know what a porter is, you know, but every time I sit down at a new bar, they would question whether or not I really knew what I was ordering because it's still new. It's, you know, I don't think craft beer in Israel is as big. You know, it's definitely not as big as it is in America, but I think it's still growing, but it's growing at a faster rate than it, than it was a year ago. You know, I see that there's a growth and I'm it's really impressive that uh you know that there's so many breweries that are popping up now in that, in that area. So, I just want to give a, a a general breakdown of some of the beers. I I basically drank 20 new Israeli beers and these were in bottles and on draft. And one of the things I will tell you is I've had some of these beers both in bottle and on draft and the bottles are always better. And it goes to I believe it goes to draft line cleaning i don't think that in israel i don't think the bars spend as much time making sure that their draft lines are clean and it gives you an off flavor if the if the lines aren't clean and sanitary uh the bottles though they always have a cleaner better flavor and so um for the most part i prefer drinking the beers out of the bottle you know get a bottle, pour a new glass and enjoy it that way versus, you know, out of the bar in the, in the draft. So that's just my own personal uh, opinion on that. But I just want to throw that out there that, that there is a difference, a, a noticeable difference between some bars, uh, draft and, and the bottle.
1: Um, I also, I was have going to, to ask if you thought that it was uh related to the lines, um, because that, you know, I think we've all probably experienced that, whether we realize that's what it was or not. Um, yeah, dirty lines can ruin a, a good beer yeah. pretty fast, but you know, I, I, as you know, craft beer gets bigger there and customers become more discerning. I think they'll they'll catch on just like they did here that they need to take care of it. Um so, hopefully yeah. that that'll improve as as things go.
0: I I hope so, but th- I think the problem is that even I mean I don't think they maintain their lines on any of their beers so even their their normal you know gold star lager or their uh Carlsberg or their Tuborg or whatever other you know uh European beer I think it all comes out kind of crappy but they're just used to drinking it so they don't really you know it's not it's not a big deal you know it's like okay yeah give me my beer and and it's a little bit off flavor but but they just accept it but you're right. I, I well, hope I hope that they change their ways. But yeah, if it's always tasted like that,
1: you're not going to think it's wrong.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so basically I had 20 new Israeli beers. I had four German beers I hadn't had before. Uh, again, on draft. All those German beers were on draft because it's kind of nice to be able to get some of these, uh, these European beers on draft where we can't get them here in the States usually. Uh, I also had three Belgian beers on draft uh, that I hadn't had before. And I've had a lot of Belgian beer, so it's nice to get things that you know that I haven't had uh, in the States. And of course, I had one American beer. I had the Breckenridge IPA, which was which uh, enjoyable. Now, let me talk about a few of the noteworthy beers, um, and I'm going to go from my highest rated beers down to uh, from five cap down to four cap. And there are, there are six beers here. The first one I want to mention is one from Hashakim Brewing, which is Dark Matter. It's a black IPA. Um, I gave this beer a 5-cap rating on Untappd. 5 caps. That means it's the highest rating. I am a very uh, peculiar Cascadian Dark Ale or black IPA user uh, drinker. I love having that, that roasted malt flavor in my beers. John says, I like drinking American Stouts when I drink a black IPA. This beer... Is an IPA with a bit of dark malt in the front, but it's mostly an IPA. I think, John, I think you would enjoy this beer tremendously. Um, it was the perfect blend of those two styles where it was an IPA, but it had a, a little bit of that, that roasted malt in there that, that told you that, hey, it's, it's got dark malt. Um, and I really enjoyed this beer and, uh, yeah, and it was only five and a half percent ABV. So again, uh it's not going over the top, it's not you know raising that bar to seven, eight percent for an IPA. Uh it's it's keeping it, you know, at a reasonable amount uh and still having great flavor and uh and and a good beer. Uh, the next one is from uh the Hagili Hagil. Uh, brewing. It's, uh, I I believe it's out of a, uh, kibbutz. And it's, I gave this a four and a half cap rating. It's a Saison. And I had a few Saisons while I was there from Israeli brewers, and all of them were very good. And this one had a very, a big coriander clove type nose and flavor. And, uh, it also had a, that, that typical Saison, like peppery finish that, uh, is really good with, with it. And, This one was a way bigger alcohol content than I expected. I, you know, Saisons are normally, you know, six, six and a half. This was seven percent alcohol, but you couldn't tell that it was seven percent. It really masked that alcohol very well and very drinkable. I really enjoyed that beer. Um, very, very impressive, impressed with that. The next one was from Alexander Brewing. It's called the Black and it's a porter. And I gave this one four and a quarter. This is for Wes four and a quarter caps. And, uh, man, this had a big dose of that roasted malt flavor that I really appreciate in a stout. Uh, it's 7% alcohol. Uh, and now again, it's a porter. They call it a porter, but it's 7% alcohol. So, I, you know, I want to think that maybe it should be, you know, labeled as a stout. But, um, man, the, the beer was fantastic. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It, this could go head to head with probably any, um porter or you know even a lower end stout uh, american stout in a, in america and i think it could hold you know be head to head with it and win some competitions here in the states i, I mean very very good beer and, and, you know i just mentioned that stouts my you know is probably my go to favorite uh, style and so that that says a lot that that this is uh, doing well now again they label it as a porter but in my in my books, it's probably on the stout side. The next one is also a, a porter, and this one's from Herzl, uh, Brewing. It's called The Embargo. And this label, I, I had a picture, uh, on Untapped and on our Facebook page. The label is fantastic. This is a, uh, a Cuban tobacco leaf porter. So they have a little bit of Cuban tobacco leaf in there, and, uh, it's, it was a, a very very tasty. It had a nice dark roasted malt uh, flavor with a, just a touch of that kind of leafy uh, vegetal uh, tobacco uh, finish in it. it. wasn't too much. It was just enough to give you a little notice that hey, there's a little bit of a, bit, a little bit of tobacco leaf in that beer. And it was only six percent uh, ABV, so it wasn't too heavy. Uh, very easy drinking. Very enjoyable. Another one of my favorite beers that I've had when I was there in that two weeks. Um, I was going to save the bottle, but the housekeeping came in and, and threw the bottle away before I could put it in my bag, uh, which I was disappointed. I almost went and bought another bottle just to bring back with me because I wanted to save the bottle because I thought the labeling was so nice on this bottle. I wanted to keep it uh, in my collection. Another one from Alexander. It's called the M, and it's a Saison. I gave this one a four-cap rating. And uh, this is another fantastic Saison. It has a very slight pepper notes, but there's other flavors, some tropical f- flavors in there, I think, that uh, that gave it a very nice uh, body and flavor that was very enjoyable. And uh, it was a little bit lighter than the previous uh, Saison I had. Uh, it came in at 5.2%, but, uh, man, this was an all-day drinker. I swear I could drink this saison like through the summer, uh, every day, uh, and it'd be a summer s- sipper. I really enjoyed that beer, so I want to, you know, give my my two thumbs up to Alexander. This is actually the first time I've had Alexander since I've been in Israel, um, and so that I've had I had uh, I had several of their beers, and these are the two that that really stood out that I, that I thought were were very good. And the last beer I want to mention on my uh my journey, uh I gave this a four cap. And it's from Sparrow Brewing, which is a new brewery in Israel as far as I know. I've never heard of them before. And I had a couple of their beers, and but this was definitely my favorite beer that I had of theirs. It's the Xythos Wheat IPA. Yes, it's a wheat IPA. I never had a wheat IPA before. And, uh, man, I fell in love with this IPA. It had a very nice, uh, body, uh, that, you know, had that weedy, uh, mouthfeel that give you know, had that kind of silky, weedy mouthfeel. Uh, it had some tropical fruit in there, uh, in, in the, in the aroma and in the flavor. And, the, you know, the hops were, it was nice. It was very easy drinking also. It came in at five and a half percent ABV. And, uh, man, like I said, I could probably drink this uh, uh, every day during the summer and really enjoy it. And that this beer uh, is probably the best um, IPA that I've had in Israel. And I've had a number of IPAs in Israel, but this one is my by far my favorite. So, so those are those are some of the beers I just wanted to highlight that I really enjoyed in my trip. And you can see that there's a, a, a you know a little bit of a variety from IPA to to black IPA to saison uh to Porter and, and Stout. Uh there was other ones that I listed on my Untap as you guys can follow along or on our Facebook page I actually left pictures of almost every beer I drank uh from Israel uh in in photos. Uh there's a few I left off that um I didn't have pictures of the bottle so I didn't uh, post them. But uh but yeah go check out our Facebook page, see what I drank and leave your comments. So John, now that I just went over my uh, visit to the Holy Land and and drinking all that great beer in Israel uh, overseas. Why don't you tell us about your trip, uh, your your Washington brew trip? All right, so I'm gonna cover a couple different things, and I'm,
1: I'm been, I mentioned I went to Vancouver, Washington for the Pacific Northwest Homebrewers Conference, the first regional conference that's been done for homebrewing um, ever. Uh, and the, obviously, then the first one out here. Um, <clears throat> and I'm I'm just going to touch on a couple of things because most of it's homebrewing centric and uh, isn't of too much interest to to folks here. But um, you know, I mentioned the pro brewers night where I I had a lot of beers, uh, you know, all you know, like three to four ounce samples, but uh, still a very enjoyable night. Um, so I I mentioned the mojito sour, a couple of the highlights. Rogue has a a cold brew uh, IPA that they're cold brew coffee IPA that they've got out now that was really nice. Um, And then another one I'll mention is from a brewery up here that I've I've mentioned on the show before, Postdoc. Uh, It's their Alpha Factor um, IPA that was then aged in barrels with uh, Brett and was just fantastic. Um, It really played up a lot of the citrus and tropical stuff going on. Uh, so I really enjoyed that that beer. Um, and then I'm going to do a not-so-humble brag because um, along with the the pro night, they also have a club night. And on club night, that's when all the homebrewers bring out all their beers and all the clubs serve uh, their beers. Uh, and my club, uh, the Impaling Ehlers, uh was, we had... <laughs> 29 kegs uh down there uh 10 taps we didn't even get everything on uh, we couldn't rotate it fast enough um th- through the event uh but one of my beers was on the entire night because uh, it was pouring really well and that was my vanilla coffee stout oh uh, nice that Yeah, I had even got a little bit of word of mouth because I had people coming over saying I need. I was told I need to try this, so that was really cool uh, to to see. And you know, I was being able to pour my beer for people that that were really enjoying it. So that was that was awesome. Um, But all right, the main thing I want to talk about is uh, my time during the Washington Beer Open House this year, and I think this is the sixth year that they've done this event and basically, uh, for the, for the open house every year breweries all over the state, open their doors. Uh, a lot of times you'll be able to go back and see the brewery when it's not normally open or they don't normally do tours. Um, and really cool way to, you know, to see some of your favorite breweries and even sometimes be able to talk with the brewers, um, and just kind of get a look, you know, behind, behind the curtain. Um, and I started the day, uh, with a bunch of friends. We went up to Fremont who was doing tours and I'd never been inside their facility. I've only been in the tap room and, uh, that was really, really cool. Um, and there are pictures up. I I put up pictures from the, from the tour on, on our Facebook page. Uh, so you have to go check it out, but, um, it's, it is a very cramped, a facility uh, because they've just grown so much. They're actually in the process of building out another space um, nearby in Ballard uh, up there. uh, That's going to be, I think just solely focused on production um, and not, you know, a tap house and stuff. I think they're going to keep the current space as well. Um, But in, in this current facility, they have, they have two grain silos that are actually indoors uh, because they can't have them outside they, there's no room you know on the property um which I'd never seen before, and between the two silos, they can hold forty eight thousand pounds of grain, which is good for a week uh, before they need to fill them again, um which is just an incredible amount of grain that they're they're going through um you know, and they're not even you know one of the larger breweries, but forty eight thousand pounds to me is just a, an incredible amount.
0: Yeah, for a week. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but so to get through that, they have a thirty-barrel system in there, and then they have sixty-barrel and ninety-barrel fermenters. So they're double batching or triple batching into all their fermenters, and uh, they have you know their processes worked out to the point that they can do uh, four batches in eighteen hours uh to make 120 barrels per day. Um and he said, you know, if they have to they can push it, you know, to get, you know, one or two more to get up to, you know, 180 barrels, which is I I can't I, I can't imagine. You know, I know how worn out I am just from doing my one batch uh, you know, in the garage. Um but <laughs> doing that many back to back uh would, would just be so difficult. Um but I mean, the skies are are killing it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I mentioned this space was cramped. They were telling us that they're actually putting in, uh, two more or three more, uh, 90 barrel fermenters. I have no idea where they're going to go. Um, (laughs) it, it just didn't seem to be enough space, uh, to, to accommodate. Um, but, uh, I mean, they, they just have like four rows of tanks, uh, through the through there and they even have some of their barrels um were in there i got a picture up of some of those um so uh that i mean they they are using every ounce of, of, of space every square inch is is being used and uh we got to check out their their packaging line which they just doubled their capacity um they can now do up to 70 cans a minute on their uh canning line they put in a second like canner. Um, and, uh, they're, they do bottles as well. They do like bombers and stuff, but they have just a little like four or six head bottling machine that they just roll out into the middle of the floor to do that, that bottling and then just push it back against the wall. Cause they don't, they can't, they don't have space for it to be, you know, permanently situated in the, in the brewery. Um, uh, but uh th- it it was it was really cool and uh when we got down to the uh packaging, uh, we got to have some uh, their uh, session pail right out of the bright tank uh, which was aw- just really delicious and fresh I mean I've never you know had one of their beers like that you know it's rare that you get to have anything you know under a week old you know by the by the time it it gets anywhere. So that, that was a really cool experience um, on, on the tour. And then uh, I'll mention a couple of other beers I had uh, while we were there. Uh, we showed up a little bit early for our 12 o'clock tour, uh, so we got a beer while we waited. Um, and I started off with their, their goes uh, with Himalayan sea salt and peppercorns, um, which I selected because it was only four percent. So if I had to knock it back quick, it wouldn't uh, you know, <laughs> knock me on my butt if we suddenly needed to get up and move for the for the tour. Um but it was just a really, really pleasant beer. Um and it went down real easy. I I, I ended up drinking it faster than I was even realizing just mm. because it it was just so refreshing. Um and uh I'll I'll definitely be trying to get my hands on some more of that. Yeah, sounds good. I wish that they, I wish they, uh, packaged that one and got it out, uh, which I just saw Rubens is, is starting to can and they put their goes in cans for, I think, the first beer out in cans. So, uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, so in the, the second beer I got was their triple IPA, which was on cask, uh, with lemons, mango, and pineapple. Mm. And this was the second cask they had on. Uh, they had one on uh, right before this. Uh, it didn't have lemons. It had something else. I can't remember. Um, but other people at our table, had started with that one. And I tried their beer. I was like, oh, I I definitely want a full glass of that. But they swapped it out before I got up there to to get my beer. Um, and I the lemon definitely took center stage here. Uh, that was the, the big standout. Um, but it all played really nicely together uh and and was really enjoyable. And I I just kinda I kinda wish that they had, you know, an unadulterated version available um that day, but they didn't. Uh so we couldn't really do a side by side to see, you know, how much of those uh fruit flavors were there um on their own uh and what what was being uh you know introduced completely from the cask and what was being, uh, you know, uh, played up uh, from the fruit in the cask. Uh, But overall, it was really nice. And the last one from Fremont that I'll mention is their codename Stout. And they had two versions of this. They had one with coffee and cacao nibs, and then one with coffee, cacao nibs, and oak. And so we had... One of each on the table. The one with oak uh, was everybody's favorite. Uh, that it just had a very light touch of oak, and it just really um, took it to another level. Uh, it, it was really, really nice. Um, and I, I'd had that beer before, um, but uh, this this was uh, was a very nice addition. And it, it's really awesome to see them you know experimenting and having fun uh at the tasting room and you know just reinforces the fact that i need to get up there more often than i do so i can try out more of the this fun stuff they're playing with all right so uh nearing our, our end of our fremont uh Kristen and the kids met up with us and so we needed another place to to go check out and uh, some friends recommended heading over to optimism brewing uh this was is a new place. They just opened up, I think in November or December, um, and it's in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle. And when you walk into this place, uh, it, it is just stunning. Uh, they basically took over an entire block and like completely did the whole inside uh tons of like you know exposed wood and all this stuff that the brew system and the fermenters are just featured prominently right in the center of everything. They have tables all around everything um, so the, and they they had a uh, a kids area over in the corner that we sat next to that's like as you go play and we could enjoy our beers um, so that was uh, a nice feature for us. I know a lot of people, would disagree and say kids don't need to be there at all. <laughs> um, but right now in my life, I'm happy that uh, breweries accommodate. Yeah. Um, so uh, the beer was good. Uh, my favorite was their uh, Before the Dawn um, Imperial Stout. had some, some nice depth to it, um, and uh, uh, it, that one stood out from, from their uh, things for me. Um, but uh, what well, took this visit over the top – was they decided for um, the open house. I mean, their brewery is right there to see. Uh, They weren't actually brewing that day, Um, but uh, what they were going to do is uh, have tasting panels. So while we were sitting there, they put a call out over the intercom uh, that was like, hey, if you want to uh, be a part of a tasting panel, come up to the bar and uh, we'll see what we can do. So, um, when they did that, uh, Kristen was in the bathroom with Charlie is he had to go to the bathroom. So I was there with Ben or all our other friends run up to the bar. I am willing her to get back so that I can run up there too. And, uh, she gets back. I practically sprint across, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going almost an entire block cause they, they took over an entire block
0: <clears throat>
1: and, I sneak in right as she's dividing up the groups. I stand right behind one of my friends and she points at two of us. and be like, and you two will be the last ones. I'm like, yes. And then she sent people away that had been there the whole time. And I felt really bad, oh. but then I didn't care so much later because it was really cool. Um, so they split us up. They only had room for four at a time. They were going to do three groups. And, uh, so we were the, the last group that was going to go in. Uh, so, uh, so, other friends of ours uh, were in one of the early groups, and they they went up. Um, so when it was finally our turn, they took us up uh, to the second floor of this place and put us in a room uh, where we were each in our own little, like, divided off cubby area. And they had, you know, a sliding, you know, panel in front of you that eventually opened up. They set two beers, you know, on. Un- unidentified on there, gave us a couple of sheets to fill out and we just tasted the beers and told them what we tasted, uh, you know, what we liked, didn't like, um, about it all. And, uh, it was really cool. Um, the, one of the beers was kind of a lighter lager, uh, type beer. And the other was, um, either a, a hot beer pale or like light IPA, type thing um but it, it was just a really cool experience you know they're they they clearly were able to get their hands on some money um to set this thing up and you know having a, a internal lab and tasting like panel set up it's not something i've ever seen at, at a startup like this yeah, yeah. Uh, so but the, it was really cool and I uh, kind of put the icing on the cake of a of a nice day, um, but I thought that was a really really neat idea um, so so now that we've both talked about our travels and experiences I'm, I'm gonna give the uh our, our untapped uniques update because okay. I normally do this up at the top, but I didn't want to spoil anything because Mm -hmm. I knew we were both going to be talking about beers. (laughs) So, uh, you know, even with my week that I was out of commission, I gained 16 beers on you over the last month. No way. So I cut my deficit from 128 to 112. Feel the heat. Feel it. I'm coming for you. Wow.
0: It must have been that homebrew conference that uh, put you over that, that sixteen over.
1: It was pretty much pro-brew night, yeah. Um, okay. But you know, I mean, you you had forty uniques over the last month, and I had you know fifty six. So we both were very busy over the, <laughs> the last bit <laughs> just, here. Just
0: just just keep in mind, mine were all full pint beers <laughs> or half half liter beers at the minimum. Uh, you know what? We're not getting into
1: technicalities now. I could throw out a whole bunch of yours if you want to get, get into
0: that. Uh, no problem. Well, good job. You're catching up. So, so you're you're down by how much now? 116. Uh, 112. 112. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I I have a whole f- I have I have a beer fridge full of uniques that uh, will be popping out here in the next uh, couple of weeks. So you better, better stay frosty.
1: Yeah, I, I <laughs> emptied my fridge to make this move, so I'm, I'm kind of stuck for right now. <laughs> oh,
0: no, good job, good job. And that's even with a week of being out of commission, so I'm I'm proud of you, John. Good job. All right, well, hey, that kind of sums up uh, John and mine's uh, beer traveling adventures. And, uh, hopefully you guys gained a little bit of insight into some, some variety of beers. And, and you know what, John, that optimism brewing sounds like a fantastic place to visit, which, you know, we may need to, to plan a visit there on my next visit to see you because that sounds like a fun place to, to hang out. Definitely. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? Uh, we, we just want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show. Uh, they do provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com and, We just want to let everyone know a bunch of different great shows that uh, are offered on the network. So uh, listen to our little plug uh, of all the shows you can listen to right now. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a
1: crafty consumer, and if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out opreformradio.com.
0: We house such podcasts as Opreform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, and... Gamer Husband's Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please, remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening
1: to Tap the Craft.
0: All right, well, now it's time for our beer tasting notes with the Moose Drool Brown Ale. So go out and grab your beer, grab your glass, Grab your opener, and let's go ahead and pop this sucker open. Ah, I don't know. Mine was kind of Nice. Yours was better, John. Sounded good? That's a theme. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, you have a better opening technique than I have, so pouring my beer into my glass right now. Oh, and hopefully it won't foam over. Wow, it's got a nice head. Oh, yours has a nice head. Man, I got like a good two-finger head. That's nice. I got a little over one. A little over one? All right. Okay. Well, hey, we're doing the Moose Drool is the name of the beer. It's from Big Sky Brewing out of Missoula, Montana. It's a brown ale style. Comes in at 5.1% ABV. And the IBUs for the International Bittering Units, 26. Uh, So it's not too high. A little bit on the lower end. And uh, this comes in 12-ounce bottles or cans. They also serve this in cans. I have mine in a bottle. How about you, John? Is yours in a bottle or a can? A bottle. A bottle. Okay, so we both are sampling this from the bottle. And just to give a heads up, neither John nor I have uh, have uh had this beer. At least for me, I haven't had this beer since 2012. And, John, uh, 2013 for you? That's right. Okay, so... We will be tasting this live on the air for the first time in several years, so uh, no tasting notes uh, prepared ahead of time. So, uh, describing the color, uh, I'm going to start off. I'm just going to look at this thing, and uh, it's a nice uh, brown. Uh, it's not too dark. It's kind of a you know a reddish mahogany, like a deep mahogany coloring. Uh, it's very clear. Um, I do have a few bubbles coming up from the from the bottom up to the top, and uh, it looks nice. How about you, John? What are you seeing in your glass? Uh, yeah, I'd call it a light brown or
1: a really, really dark copper. Yeah, um, dark copper. And right, I get yeah. some some orange highlights to it. Okay, very clear as well. All um, right. How about your head? What's your head look like? Uh, my head is dissipated. Yeah, um, <laughs> and. Uh, it's an off-white uh, mixed bubbles, but it, I, I still have bubbles across the whole top, but I don't have any head. But there is a little lacing left from where the head was. So,
0: okay. Um, I I agree. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, I um, I'm gonna say that um, when I first poured this, um, I had a solid two finger. I, I couldn't actually pour the whole beer into the glass at, at one time. I had two finger head. Uh, But that did dissipate very quickly. I mean, literally less than a minute after I poured it, it pretty much shrank down to just a light film over the the top of the beer. But the the head is, uh, I'm going to say it's a uh, a little bit deeper, like a tan coloring head. Um, It does have mixed small and large bubbles in the head, but it's basically a thin, right now it's a thin layer on the top. Uh, and there is some lacing. It does have a little bit of lacing on there. Um, I don't want to say it has legs um, yet because I haven't drank any. Uh, we'll see if it if it has legs uh, as we get on with this uh, tasting. So with At that five point one percent, I'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably not going to have too much. All right, let's take a big whiff of this uh, of this beer and let's let's describe what we smell. So I get a big hit of like
1: caramel right off the top. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little caramel, maybe a little toffee, but I I think I'd describe it more as caramel than anything else.
0: Okay, so um I describe it more as like to- I agree, toffee uh, caramel, but I'm gonna lean more towards the toffee side. Uh it smells a little bit burnt uh caramel to me. So uh so we we both smell similar things. I'm gonna lean more towards the toffee side, you're gonna lean more towards the caramel. So hey, we're we're close. Uh, we both smell the same thing so that's that's positive all right so let's um let's take a sip and let's describe what what we're uh tasting in this uh, in this beer all right so uh, I'll go first here what I taste first off is just like what I smell I get uh a little bit of that uh toasty um, toffee or toasted caramel uh, caramel uh flavoring in in the in the front um, pretty much a little bit of sweetness, not too overly sweet. Um but yeah, I get I get more of a of a little bit of that roasted malt, not too heavy, uh coming across it as a as a toffee, burnt caramel or toffee flavor. What about you, John?
1: Yeah, I get uh the big toffee sweetness. Um you know, kind of a burnt toast kind of thing. Uh, yeah, burnt it. toast. Yeah, good good. I like the burnt toast. Yeah, I like that. Um but yeah, this is uh, all malt, uh, yeah. Under no, no hop character, no, <laughs> nothing
0: like that. Um, I, I'm actually shocked that this is 26 IBUs. Actually, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but it, it's it hides the bitterness pretty well because you're right. It's it's got a lot of malt, uh, you know, in the front and and even carrying into the the finish. Um, but before we get to the finish, uh, body wise, uh, this is uh I'm gonna take another sip real quick, but if you already have your body, let me know what it is i'm i'm gonna take another sip and and see if I can tell what my body is uh I'd say it's medium
1: high um medium but with the medium medium low carbonation uh it's not particularly bubbly uh at least in my glass you know what what do you have
0: i'm gonna say i agree um carbonation is just right for me. Um it, it I don't like a lot of carbonation and I think this is just just enough that it makes it, it it's a beer it has little, that little carbonation but it's not overly carbonated I'm not going to burp it up every time I take a sip. Um and I I, I agree um I'm going to say medium body uh I don't know um I mean maybe medium high, but I'm gonna say a solid medium for sure medium body it's not light or thin um but it oh now I just said I wasn't gonna burp, but I just burped up uh some beer but uh but yeah, i'm gonna say medium and 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 I'll lean towards what you say maybe medium high um uh, but um uh, not uh i I will say that I don't have a lot of coating. In my mouth, uh, there's not a lot of sweetness or anything that's uh, sticking around. Um, I don't have, I don't feel like anything's like on my tongue that's hanging around for a long time. It, it seems to dissipate pretty quick. Uh, not overly sweet. It's it's got sweetness to it, but it's not overly sweet.
1: Uh, that's so we disagree on the finish because I feel like this has coated my mouth. Um, really? Yeah, uh, and not uh, not in a cloying sweet way, but it's definitely there, and it's not really going away. Um, so, I it's not uh, not overly unpleasant, but um, it is a nice way to trick me into drinking it because I'm trying to get it to go away. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow. it it it's pretty thick uh, on my tongue to me.
0: Really. And I yeah, I don't get any of that. I, none I of that. Have said a whole bunch of things but
1: some people are giggling out there right now. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to say that um, this beard uh, it I, it's weird. I don't I can't even describe the finish because there's no finish to it. In my opinion, it's like it it's it starts the same way as it finishes. It but but in a lighter fashion. I get a lot of the the toffee, burnt, uh, toasty type of flavoring in the beginning. And then as it finishes off, it just, like, disappears. I don't have a lot of uh, – I don't know. I don't have anything hanging around, um, which is kind of uh, maybe disappointing. I mean, I, I, maybe I want some of that uh, flavor to hang around a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I've, I've already drank two-thirds of this beer um, just trying to come up with the flavors, and the finish is uh, – I'm going to say the finish is under, underwhelming for me. I would like to have a little bit more maybe of the uh, – it's its not a hoppy brown, so I'm not expecting – I mean, my favorite brown ale, as you know, is the Bitch Creek. The Bitch Creek has that bitter finish. I enjoy that. This has zero bitter finish. And it doesn't even have a multi finish in in my tasting. I'm not even getting a a very high multi finish. I'm getting just a maybe a watery finish you know it's just kind of it goes off to nothing it, it literally starts off strong and then ends with nothing so what's your finish? yeah? I
1: would say the 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 bitch creek uh not really a brown ale. It's really a brown IPA. And, you know, there are a lot of these hoppy browns that are out now. They're not really brown ales. Um, and I, I wouldn't put it in the same category as a moustral, uh in terms of comparison.
0: Okay. Um,
1: but uh, yeah, I get a slightly sweet finish. Uh, I do get some coating, uh, as I mentioned. Um, but uh, the, the sweetness doesn't stick around. If the sweetness stuck around, uh, this would be just wholly unpleasant. Mm-hmm. I would, I would not enjoy this at all. Um, but thankfully, that's not the case. Um, I just get, I don't know, a stickiness or so, something uh, that just uh, a film, I guess.
0: Over okay, everything, but yeah. What, what what I will say is that um, this is not your Newcastle brown. Um, this is be- This is actually better than Newcastle. Uh, it's not a nut brown. I don't know. I kind of, uh, I kind of enjoy the fact that I get that, uh, that, uh, malty, that, that burnt malty toffee, burnt car- caramel flavor in the front. And then it, it, it eases out. It's a, it makes it an easy drinker for me. Um, I mean, like I said, literally, I almost drank this whole beer in just a few minutes we've been talking. And it went down pretty, pretty, pretty well. Um, but i don't i don't get any there's no there's i don't get any of the mouth feel you know the extra stuff sticking around no coating um i don't know it's good um it's just that uh it's i don't know there's i need something a little bit more to tell me that i'm drinking you know something that's more than just a lighter beer i don't know all right so john um Let's move on. Uh, is this a beer that you would say, hey, uh, you're new to craft beer? Why don't you try this, uh, Moose Drool Brown? Is this something you'd you tell your friends that are new to craft beer to drink?
1: So, the, the one thing this has in its favor is it's not bitter. Yeah. Um, at least on my palate. Um, but, uh, you know, there's still a lot going on uh, with the the big caramel toffee, burnt toast kind of stuff. I don't know that that would be especially approachable. Um, so I think I'd give it an overall no, but maybe for the right person, I might push him in that direction. Okay. Um,
0: but probably not. Okay. Well, I am going to say yes. Uh, <laughs> with this bottle that I'm drinking right now... I would say that this is some, this is a beer that anyone that wanted to try craft beer, uh, yeah, it is going to be different than the light lagers that maybe they're used to if they're drinking beer at all. But this, like you said, there is, there's, there is a little bit more maltiness to it, but it's not overly malty where it's going to turn someone away. And there's no bitterness at all. So the bitterness isn't going to turn people away. And I think, that this could be a beer that new people to craft beer could embrace and could enjoy. So I, to for me, yeah, I would recommend this for a new person to craft beer. Um, at least this beer I'm drinking right now. Now, the two bottles I have in the fridge, maybe I'll just you know I'll, I'll change my mind. But the beer I'm drinking right now, I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say yes. This this is uh is a fairly easy drinking beer that isn't. Too abrasive in any of you know in any manner. It, not in the malts, not in the bitterness, not in uh, in the body. Anything. It's it's pretty mild manner beer. Um, so yeah, I would recommend this. So there we we disagree. You say no, I say yes. Uh, let the listener decide. Um, glassware mm-hmm. for a brown ale. Uh, you know what? Does it matter? Uh, maybe a you know nonic pint that yeah.
1: type of thing. Um. Could be beneficial.
0: Yeah, um, or a mason jar, or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Brown ales to me, um, I I've drank them in you know. In fact, for my son's wedding, we drink I drank it in a mason jar uh, at the uh, Payette Brewing. I drank it in a nonic pint. They have nonic pint. They they serve their beers in twenty ounce pints, so they have the nonic you know imperial pints. So. You know, if you want if you want to serve it in twenty ounces, you got to go with the nonic pint, and and that's what they serve it, and it tastes good there too. Um, I don't know. I don't think it matters what glassware. I don't think you're going to get any gain from uh, switching up to a special glass for this beer. Uh, I think even honestly, this beer, and maybe I'll try it after we get off. You know, maybe tomorrow I'll go ahead and drink it right out of the bottle, and I'll let you guys know if it tastes any different out of the bottle like straight from the bottle, from the neck of the bottle versus the glass. Maybe this beer tastes fine in a glass or in a bottle. I don't know. But uh, I I don't know. I'm going to say shaker pint, nonic pint, uh, pub glass, uh, you know, whatever glass you have or even from the bottle, I think it will taste fine. I I don't think you're going to miss any flavors or anything if you don't have your nose right in this. It's not that powerful, but I might be wrong too. Okay, Joe John, uh, it's time to rate our beer, and we don't do the traditional rating where we rate it actually a a, a number or a, a letter grade. We do it by whether or not we recommend this to our friends or whether we stand up on a soapbox and we preach it to the heavens. Um, how would you rate this beer?
1: Uh, so on our scale, I think I'd put this at average. Drink it when you feel like something drinkable. Yeah. Um, um I don't think I'd push this on a bunch of people um, or anything like that, but um, yeah, I I would, ne- I, would, I would never like have a second thought about picking up a six pack or something, you know, when I just want something. But yeah, I think uh, that's where I put it.
0: I agree, it's average. How, but uh, so so we agree on the reading that this is an average beer. How about whether or not? I mean, this beer is very. In my opinion, is very drinkable though, right? Would you have any problem drinking this? Uh, just you know, at any at any time, whether it's in winter time or summertime, or springtime or fall. I mean, this this beer can be drank at any season, as far as I'm concerned. It's 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 there's nothing that's that says you know it, sometimes stouts you want to drink when it's a little bit colder out, kind of warms you up, and you don't want to drink heavy beers when it's summer. Um, but this beer. Um, I don't think it it has any boundaries. I think you can drink this thing all year round.
1: Um I think I would disagree. Okay. I d- I think um this would probably not be my go-to in the summer. Uh I I tend to not like uh things that present sweeter uh, in the summer. Um and, like and this does to me.
0: You don't like lemonade? Uh,
1: come on, man! That's beer, un-American. Beers, I like lemonade. Oh, okay, come on. It's a beer show. Uh, <laughs> um, so I because the that uh the the sweetness here combined with you know a heavier mouthfeel and something like lemonade um is not as refreshing to me in the heat. Yeah. So. I personally would not drink this in the summer. Okay.
0: But. Okay. Well, um, as far as the the brown ale style, I think for a general brown ale, I think this kind of gives you what you're going to get in a brown ale. Um, Not too heavy on the malts. uh, Not hoppy. uh, You know, and I mean, it's no Janet's brown ale like you know vanilla brown ale or whatever you you know the one you gave me the Janice brown that that's pretty good this is a little bit uh, mellower from that but i don't know i think well, it's but just... that that one is similar to the bitch creek and that
1: it's a hoppy brown yeah. ale, you know more like uh brown ipa or something like okay.
0: that okay all right so brown ipa is now a style that john just uh marketed uh, i don't know that i made i it. it might
1: actually be in the new <laughs> B.J.C.P. Uh, revision. Okay. They, they have like five or six different IPA styles now.
0: Okay. John, why don't you go over what... Uh, it looks like you found that they described what uh, malts and hops are in this thing. What, why don't you go ahead and describe those and see what uh, if you agree with, with uh, what you taste.
1: Uh, yeah, so they don't give the specific malts they just say four different malts um i can't argue with that there could be a lot of different malts in here i don't know um but they do say they they hop four times um with uh these three different hops uh east kent goldings liberty and willamette uh which to me says that this would be um you know in in line with a more traditional uh you know english Mm -hmm. uh brown yeah um so uh that you know doesn't doesn't surprise me and um you know i yeah I, i i'm not picking up much happiness at all aroma flavor nothing uh you know it's not a bitter beer there's enough hops there to to cut um some the of sweetness, sweetness yeah to keep it from being cloying um but uh yeah i mean uh those hops are going to be more earthy floral yeah uh, than than anything so they're not going to be things that you know jump out in in something that has as much going on malt wise as this does
0: so okay yeah um uh- I am uh, I just finished my last sip of the beer. It's completely gone now. And um, I will say that uh, as it warmed up, and now, granted, uh, I did pull it out of my beer fridge and uh, pop it open on air and pour it on air. And so it, it did need a couple minutes to to warm up. But as I drank the last sip when it was kind of warming up, I did get a slight bit of... Maybe a little bit of vanilla in the finish also. Just wanted to add that to um my flavor profile. Yeah. So. but yeah, it's it's not a bad beer. I I I mean, it's not a great beer. It's not something that I'm gonna go out and tell everyone to drink, but um this I will say that in the late nineties or early two thousands, um Moostrule was the like go to brown ale. Um for craft beer at that time, so I know John, you were still in diapers at that time, but uh, <laughs> not really. Not quite. Yeah, not quite. But um, I mean, I remember Moose Drool as being it only again only if you're in the the Northwest where it actually was distributed. That this was the brown ale to drink if you wanted a brown ale in that time frame, and I did drink it, and I will admit that. Um, you know, during my time when I was really into IPAs, I wasn't digging the moose drool because I was wanting the hops, and the moose didn't have that flavor profile that I was looking for. Uh now, years later, um I don't mind it. It's not bad. I I'll, I'll drink it. I've got two more in my variety pack. I'll probably drink those tomorrow while I'm sitting, you know, chilling out. Um and one while I'll drink out of the bottle so I can report back to you guys. On exactly if it tastes any different out of the bottle or in a glass.
1: All right, so I I managed to get the BJCP style guidelines. Okay, up. all right. Uh, so they now have an American Brown Ale category. Okay, that's and the Hoppy Brown. This beer is the number two commercial example, and American Brown Ale is not a Hoppy Brown. Oh, it okay. is a. Uh, kind of American take on more northern english brown ale okay beer um, but uh yeah but it it may have you know more American ingredients basically than than traditional so this doesn't have the more american ingredients but um uh they do also have a brown i p a uh, category now, so i will oh. right so
0: what's so. the what's the commercial beers for the brown i p a uh the
1: Dogfish Head Indian Brown Ale. And oh, wow, number yeah. two, Grand Teton Bitch Creek.
0: Oh there you so, go. There, hey.
1: And number four, Janet's brown ale.
0: Which no has way. been
1: commercially brewed at Russian River. So um Wow. Yeah, nailed it.
0: There, you know what, John? <laughs> uh you you nailed it. Yeah. So in reality, I don't my favorite brown IPA is Bitch Creek. And my second favorite is Jazz Brown <laughs> from your from Cedar Rose <laughs> Brewing. <laughs> I can drink the hell out of that beer.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's it's on tap right now, so you should come All over. All right, I should come over and get uh, some.
0: All right. <laughs> All right, well, hey, I hope that you guys uh, were able to pick up a bottle or two of this beer, taste along with us. John and I both had uh, similar and different experiences, and I want to – hey, let us know – how you tasted this beer. I am very curious if you had similar tastings to myself or to John. Tell us what you liked, disliked. Um, I'm, we're very curious. We'd like to hear your input and you can, you can do that on Facebook or Twitter or email us at, at uh, at all the stuff we mentioned earlier in the show. All right, John. Well, I know you're sad to hear this, but it is time to start to bring the close, the show to a close. And uh, before we do that, though, I want to give you the opportunity to raise your glass to uh, someone or some people uh, if you want to. So do you have anyone to raise a glass to? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to raise my
1: glass to Robert, uh, TPS Bunn. Not only did he send in a question for us uh, for this episode, uh, but he brewed his first beer um, at uh, a... uh, now I'm blanking on the type of place they are, but it it's basically a business where you go you brew it, they ferment it, and then you go back and you bottle and uh so he went and brewed his uh choco tasso uh beer um a big stout with English yeast and stuff going on. I don't know he was talking to me about uh being able to add some <laughs> yes. uh, wood in uh some special Jack Daniels that he has. (laughs) Um, I don't know if he ended up going through with that or not. Um, I'm curious to hear the report on it, but he'll be bottling it this weekend. Uh, And so I'm curious to hear his thoughts once he uh, gets his hands on it. So yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, Cheers, Robert. He's uh (laughs) yeah, he's bottling seven. So this wasn't a standard five gallon batch. If he's bottling 72, 22 ounce bottles, what is that? Like 15 gallons?
1: Yeah. 15 gallons.
0: Wow. He's got a, a lot of so, beer to drink, so I'm hoping he sends a couple bottles our way, yeah, so that's why uh when he <laughs> st- so he reached out to
1: us asking what he should brew, and when he, he said it was fifteen gallons, and my first answer was whatever you're willing to drink, hundred and fifty <laughs> of because that's you know about hundred and fifty uh you know twelve ounce beers yeah um, so <laughs> it's uh but yeah, uh so hopefully he had had a good experience with it,
0: yeah. Yeah. And he's balling it, uh, this weekend, right? He's going to package it yeah. and everything. Okay. And if I would have been there in his area, I would have been there helping him. Uh, a hundred percent. I would have been there. I just wish, uh, I wish we lived closer. I would have been able to help him out with all that labor. All right. Is that it? That's it for me. Okay. I just want to uh, raise my glass to all the new listeners out there, especially all those from Israel that uh, decided to give us a chance. Listen to us, and um, I hope you enjoy what you hear. I have to mention um, I want to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there serving our country, uh, protecting our freedoms. I just uh, want you guys to return home safely to your families uh, very soon, and uh, cheers to you. And uh, just want to remind you, if you enjoy what John and I do, all we we don't ask for your money, we don't ask for you to send us beer, uh, we don't ask for anything except for a few minutes of your time. If you would just take those few minutes and write an iTunes review, uh, that will help us greatly to get the you know the show noticed out there. That's it. Uh, you can follow. You can find our show notes on the show post at openforumradio.com. And uh, you can find the beers that we tasted and we mentioned on the show. Also, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped, you can follow, do that by following at LuceGrew. And, John, if the listeners want to follow you on social media, how can you do that?
1: Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime W-A, and I write about homebrewing at homebrewengineer.com.
0: Excellent. All right, it's last call, and it's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show, and we hope you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio, or however you listen to the podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers.